Okay, praise God. I've got a, a, a new series I'm going to start this morning, and uh, you're not going to want to miss out, but it's going to take me a couple of weeks to do this because I'm not going to get in a hurry. I want to just take some time with you uh, and, and go through this. So get your Bibles out. Luke chapter 12, verse 31 is where we're going to start. Luke 12, 31. I got this message about two months ago, and I've just been simmering over it and simmering over it and just letting it just go over in my heart because I want to, it just seems to me to be such a profound word at this time. And uh, I just got through preaching that message about psyops, you know, that the, basically the world's running a psyops on us and trying to convince us things that are not true or true. And, and so these are days we live in, you really have to seek the truth. And uh, this, this, the title of this message is going to be called Kingdom Seekers. Everybody say, I want to be a kingdom seeker. Now, it says in Luke 12, 31, Jesus speaking, he says, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, another scripture, Matthew 6, 33, it's the same scripture, but just in Matthew's gospel, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus, when you go and you look over the, 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 his teachings in the New Testament, there was so much he taught about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's coming, the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God this, kingdom of God that. And, and you know, I'm going to get into all of this over this whole thing. So uh, just, I, I can't give you it all. I'm teasing you a little bit, okay? And so, and all the, all the things that he said, he was always talking about, seek the kingdom of God, look for the kingdom of God. And so everybody was at that point thinking that like, like the Romans were going to get kicked out and there was going to be this new uh, world order come in and Jesus was going to be the king and sitting on the throne. And, and, and they were looking because what we as humans tend to do is we tend to just rationalize things in our mind and then think that's the way it is. Hello? But have you ever thought something, you know, was true and then you found out it wasn't, you know, it's a shocking thing. Um, but Jesus says to seek the kingdom, but it's not real easy to find out if you just think with your rational, normal brain, what does it mean to seek the kingdom? So my whole message is about Helping you at the end of this message, not today, but at the end of it, you should know if someone says to you, you should know what it means to seek the kingdom of God. You should be able to look at a person and say, well, seeking the kingdom of God, this is what it means. And just be able to lay it out. You ought to be settled in your heart. You understand what the kingdom of God is. Okay. So a funny thing happened to me. Um, I was needing to work on some trailer lights and you know as a kid growing up and you know always been working around farms and ranches and all you know lights don't ever work okay I don't even know why we have to have them they never work and so you always have a light tester which is a you know an instrument that you can poke the wire and test the light and so my whole life I can never find the light tester okay I know I have it in the in my truck in the pocket, but then you sell the truck or whatever, you get the light tester out, and then you lose it, and so you buy another one. So over the years, I've probably bought 40 light testers. They're everywhere, but when I need one, I can never find one. And so sure enough, I was needing to work on the lights, 
and I'm looking for the light tester. I can't find it. So I go to the store and I'm standing there and, you know, my wife gives me a hard time. She says, I can't find nothing, you know. And so uh, I'm kind of blind when it comes to that. And so I'm going down there and I'm standing in the aisle and I'm like this and I'm looking. I'm like, I'm going to find it. There's a light tester here. Okay. I'm not giving up. And, you know, I'm a typical man. I usually don't ask for help. And so finally I asked for help. Can somebody help me? And they come over there and this person's helping me. And uh, I'm standing there and, and, and this section is like replacement lights and light bulbs and stuff. So I'm thinking it should be there. And then in the, this section was like air hoses and air gauges and stuff like that. And then over here, there was a section that had some other wires and some other stuff. And so I'm standing in the middle and I'm just going over every day. I'm just looking, looking, looking. So the person that was helping me standing there, they're looking too. And I said, you see it? And they said, no. And then they said, well, let me ask you, what does a light tester look like? <laughs> actually, actually, they said these words. They said, can you tell me what it looks like? And maybe I can help you find it. Because they were just trying to read that it would say light tester on the package, right? And so I said, well, it looks like a screwdriver. And I said, no, it doesn't look like a screwdriver. It looks like an ice pick with a point on the end and a wire coming out of the back. I said, oh, here it is. And they just reached up and pulled it right off the rack. I was staring right at it, never could see it. And they pulled it right off the rack. The moment, and it hit me. Okay, I had this message had been simmering. And when that, that incident happened, it just went inside of me. And I'm like, holy cow, isn't that not the truth? If you don't know what the kingdom of God looks like, how can you find it? And you could be standing right in front of it looking, and there's the kingdom of God, what Jesus is saying you're supposed to seek, but you don't know what the kingdom looks like. But then the moment somebody tells you what the kingdom looks like, boom. Oh, here it is. So that's my prayer for everyone today, that as I go through this message and I start preaching it, that it's gonna, the light bulb's going to pop on in you. And you may have been a Christian your whole life, but all of a sudden it's going to pop on, and you're like, ah. I understand it now. There it is. There's the kingdom of God. Because if Jesus told us to seek it, we should be seeking it. Okay? Yeah. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Matthew 6, 9. So we got to find out what the kingdom looks like. In Matthew 6, 9 is the Lord's Prayer. We're taught this. We teach our children this. We teach everybody. Everybody, you know, the Lord's Prayer is one of those things most everybody knows whether you're a heathen or not. You don't even know God, but you'll know the Lord's Prayer and part of Psalms 23, right? And John 3, 16. So Matthew 6, 9, he says, Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We teach our children to pray this. We're taught to pray this prayer. The kingdom of God should come. Just as it is in heaven on earth, but then are we ever taught what the kingdom of God looks like? Think about this. And so then what happens is then we start developing our own, yeah, our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own denominations start coming up with ideas of what the kingdom of God looks like. And this is the way the kingdom of God should be. But I want to know it because of the Bible says so. Right? Jesus said in Luke 12, go look at 12, Luke 12, 54, 12, 54. Is that what I thought it was? (laughs) 
Brother, is that your ringtone? I mean, come on. Or is that your stomach growling? Not often you're just sitting in church and hear a cow moo, you know? Although it could be possible here. It's not time for the evening sacrifice. Put her back. <laughs> Luke 12, 54, it says, Then he also said to the multitude, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower's coming, and so it is. And when you see the south and, uh, uh, wind blow, you say, Oh, it's going to be hot weather. And there's, he said, and there it is, you hypocrites, you discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it that you don't discern the times? In other words, we're taught all through life to, to, to notice things, to see things, to observe things, to discern things, right? But do we ever sit down and teach people how to seek the kingdom of God? And so when I'm going through this message, I'm kind of like, wow, as a Christian, this should be the very first message you ever hear. How are you going to seek the kingdom? What is God and what's not? What does it look like? What does the kingdom look like? Okay? So the problem is we may have been taught wrong information. Like in the church I was raised in, my mother always told me to be quiet. Now I'm pastoring a church that I'm always trying to tell you to say amen, be loud, be noisy, move around, jump, dance, shout, right? So who's right? Well... If you're going to really find out what the kingdom of God's like, you're going to have to examine your perceived truth. It may not be true what you believe, but you're going to have to examine your thoughts, your perceived truth about what is the kingdom of God and what is not. Okay, so there's a little challenge to you. So what I want to start out doing today is I want to show you what the kingdom of God is not. Let's get that out of the way. So then I can show you what the kingdom of God is. So Romans 14, 17. Are y'all following me here today? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Romans 14, 17. Let me tell you this. See, I was raised, I was raised in a church where to be quiet. And I remember the first time I came to a church uh, that was actually the, 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 the very beginnings of Living Waters Church starting. There was a guest speaker there. And I'm hungry for God, man. I'm excited for God. I want to know more of the word of God. I'm all, I'm all into this kind of Pentecostal stuff because I've never been around it. I'm wanting to know what it is. And I'm hungry and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat just waiting for this preacher to preach. And uh, he goes along there and he looks at me and I'm, I'm sure, you know, me, if I was, if it was in reverse right now and I was looking at somebody, I'd say, boy, that guy's hungry. I mean, that guy's excited. Look at that young man. You know, he's on fire for God. And I'm just sitting there, and he says to me, he says, does somebody in here want to give a praise report? And so I thought to myself, I never heard that. And then he just looked right at me, pointed at me, and says, young man, would you like to give a praise report? And i never forget what I said to him. I said, well, if you'll tell me what a praise report is, I'll tell you if I got one. Because <laughs> I never heard that verbiage, never heard that verbiage in my life. Somebody give a praise report. I don't know what it was. He says, well, has God done anything for you? Anything? I said, oh, man, I got, let me tell you. Let me tell you what God's done. But I didn't know that verbiage. Okay, so a lot of times in life, what happens is you get involved in a denomination. You become that denomination. Now, I'm not knocking it. 
I'm just saying to you, you become that denomination, you become to think like they do and walk like they do and talk like they do and do that because it's portraying to you. This is what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. And all I'm saying to you is you have to examine your perceived truth. And is that the kingdom of God or is that man's ways? It says in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God, listen, is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I could change that a little bit. I don't think the Lord would mind. The kingdom of God is not in how we walk, how we talk, how we dress, what the building looks like, whatever. Okay? You follow what I'm saying? And so what I'm challenging you about today is, 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 is your perceived truth Is it based on what you know the scriptures teach you what the kingdom of God really is all about? Or is it you just got saved, you went to church, you just began to morph into everyone else around you so that then you begin to say, well, I'm on the right path because I'm just like Sister Sally and Brother so-and-so, and I'm just going down this path because that's what... (laughs) that's what they do. Or is it because what's in your heart? You know you're seeking the kingdom of God, and that is what's changing you and setting you free. Okay? So let's go to Matthew 23.1. Matthew 23.1 is is, uh, when Jesus just basically threw down cussing on the Pharisees. He said, oh, Jesus didn't cuss. Well, man, you look at these words and what he said. He threw some stuff down on them. 23.1, Matthew 23.1. Now, I'm going to read all this. I'm going to read a little bit of it, and then we'll stop. But I'm going to read this whole thing, so y'all just bear with me. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you, to observe that observe that you observe and do but you do not according but do not do according to their works for they say and they do not do for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers you know, one of the things I think is happening today in the world is, first of all, I, I really believe the scripture that says that every hidden thing is going to be revealed. And so I believe that a lot of the evil that's going on in the world is going to get revealed. And I believe the more that they continue to do evil, the more than it's getting ready to get exposed and they be shown the fools that they are. Okay. But one of the other things I believe is I believe God is shaking churches, shaking the church world. And he's he's causing, you know, uh, the, the, it's like like, you know, uh, he's causing the fence to shake and you're going to have to fall off one side or the other. You're either really going to be truly a Christian that seeks the kingdom of God or you're just going to be a part of that denomination and, and, and just go on with it. OK. Well, it's not just denominations because you've got to understand something. There's been such a movement since the 70s of churches moving out into non-denominational and charismatic churches and word of faith churches and stuff like that that are in just as much era as the old school denominations, okay? 
So I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's one denomination or other. I just believe God's shaking Christians, and I want y'all to come out and fall off on the right side of the fence. All right? And so he's shaking it for the simple reason is, is it happens in churches that people begin to follow man rather than follow God. It just, we're just that kind of people. Why do you think Jesus called us sheep? Sheep will just fall one another right out into the wolves' dens and, 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 and no, have no other thoughts. Just, why are we going this way? I don't know. Sally's walking that way, so we're just going to walk that away. Y'all with me? And if you look over, over just church history, you can see that in, in every, I'm talking about church history all the way back from the, the days of the apostles. And you go study church history. You can see that it always happened. Churches grew, man got involved, man started to get things messed up, started to put importance in wrong places. They started to get everything out of whack, and then there was always a remnant that then pulled out of that, and they went on and, and reestablished something good, but then it didn't take but 30 or 40 years till they got messed up. And it's just the way we are. That's why I pray that I can be a pastor who has enough longevity to me that I don't get messed up and that y'all will straighten me up if I do. Okay? Because I don't want to just make you like me. I want you to be like Jesus. And I want to make sure that I stay relevant. And if I get to be, you know, too old and too gray-headed and, and everybody thinks I'm the old man, well, then, you know, we're going to do something else. But uh, I pray I still stay re relevant. But the thing is... We've got to watch because you're going to, you're sheep and you're going to have a tendency to get led and you got to make sure you're going in the right direction and what you, what the direction you're going is what is the kingdom of God. So the Pharisees of the day had set up all these rules, all these laws, all these things, everything going on. I mean, come on, they're gotten so bad that when a person was healed in church on a Sunday, everybody said, we need to figure out how to kill Jesus. Folks, that's wrong, right? That's wrong that you went from sitting in church singing, oh, how we love the Lord, to then, we've got to kill that guy. He healed somebody on the Sabbath. Right? That's just, you, you've gotten messed up. So Jesus just goes to chastising these guys. He goes to just throwing down, like I said, almost just cussing them for what they've done. Here he goes on, he says, for you bind heavy burdens that are hard to bear, and you lay on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move with one of their fingers. All the works they do to be seen by men. Hello? They make their placetries broad and enlarge their borders of their garments. They love the best places at the feast, the best seats in the synagogue, greeting in the marketplace, and, they, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but you, do not, but, but you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, and that's Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not anyone call on earth father, for there's one of your fathers in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. And he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. See, we don't want to hear this stuff. Jesus is saying, look, you guys have gotten it all wrong. You're setting it all up as y'all as look how good you are. When you've forgotten God, you've forgotten Jesus. And if you really want to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to be the servant of all. Because they didn't set it up that way. They set up their way to, to rise to the top of the pyramid. 
He goes on and he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devourers, you devour widows houses and for pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you, you travel over the land and the sea to win one proselyte. And then when you win him, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. He says, you, you blind guides, you say whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools, blind. For which is greater, the gold of the temple or the sacrifices of the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, is it nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. You fools, you blind. For which is greater, the gift, or the altar that the sacrifice is on. Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and, and by him whom dwells in it. He who swears by heaven swears by the throne. You, see, you follow me, church? Jesus is just chastising these people of everything they're doing. He's saying it's wrong. What you say, you're seeking the kingdom, but it's all wrong. Man's come up with these ideas. Man has come up and said, this is the way you do it. Man's come up and said, this is the format that works best. Hello? Here's the church, you know? Here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the peoples. This is the way it has to be. It has to be done this way. And one religious leader teaches it to the next religious leader, teaches it to the people, and then people say, well, that's just it, but they don't really know what the kingdom of God looks like, because if you know what the kingdom of God looks like, and when you get through this message, you're going to know what the kingdom of God looks like. When you know it, then you're going to be able to say, that's not the kingdom. That, 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 no, it's not even going to be, let me pray. Is that, I don't know. Does that bear witness? No, you're just going to be able to look at it and say, that's not the kingdom of God. That's not God's kingdom. What he's establishing over there. That's not, that's not the way it should be. No, 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 no. You're going to catch it. You're going to see it. You're going to be so obvious to you. You're just going to be able to look at everything and say, no, that's not it. So he goes on. Jesus goes on. Let me see. There's one part here. I want to go. Oh, here we go. Um, he says, so you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside they're full of extortions and self-indulgences. Isn't that funny? You clean the outside of the cup but you didn't clean the inside. I mean, we who wash dishes know you got to get the inside clean. The inside being clean is more important than the outside being clean. Now, remember this. Remember this, what he said right here. The inside's more important than the outside. But isn't it funny how man always focuses on the outside? Man always focuses on the outside. The way a person dresses, the way a person looks, the way a person acts, the way a person talks. And we put our emphasis on that to see then, oh, well, look, they're, they're in the kingdom. But no, 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 folks, it's on the inside that's going to count. Doesn't make any, I mean, you can dress a pig up, he's still a pig. Right? That's why I get so angry about, you know, people that look at country people and assume just because you're a country, you're not smart. And that's so wrong. Oh, they're just not educated. They're just, you know, country swine. But no, no, no. It's not what's on the outside. Look, if you're not in the kingdom, you can't dress it up to look like the kingdom and be in the kingdom. 
That's what he's saying to the Pharisees. He says, you're just playing around. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, you look like you have found the kingdom of God, but inside there ain't no kingdom. All right. Now go to Mark chapter one, verse 15, Mark 1, 15. Mark 1, 15 says, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So Jesus established right off the bat, all of us can know this, that the kingdom of God on earth, hear what I'm saying? Because he said, pray thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, right? Jesus established right here that the kingdom of God is for now. He did that 2,000 years ago plus. Okay? So the kingdom of God is not coming. The kingdom of God is here. It's already on earth. He said, Pastor, you're confusing me. Oh, Jesus is coming back, and New Jerusalem coming, and all that. Well, yeah, that's all going to happen. But right now, Jesus said the kingdom of God is right now. It's near you. It's here. The kingdom of God's already on earth. You can be walking in the kingdom of God every day of your life. Not just when you come to church on Sunday. Kingdom of God is all around you. It's already here. Everybody say it's already here. So. Coming from, you know, like I was raised in a denomination, then I kind of got in, in, in some Pentecostal things, and then I, you know, I, I, I got full of the Holy Spirit and got to looking in those areas, and then I began to think that there's the kingdom of God, because I was seeing excited people, I was seeing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was seeing uh, joy, I was seeing people hungry for the Word, I was seeing, uh, you know... Uh, some miracles, some things taking place. And so I began to say, oh, well, that's what the kingdom of God looks like. It looks Pentecostal. But then as I stayed around that for a while, I began to realize, huh, they're not really any different than these people were. They're just louder. <laughs> Y'all with me? Not really any different. They just changed some things. And that's not what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry for the real kingdom of God. I'm hungry for, for, for what is the true kingdom of God. Okay? Now, look at Luke 17, 20. And I want to show you the kingdom. Luke 17, 20. Now, when they ask him about, when they ask him, excuse me. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. See, in other words, they're expecting the kingdom of God to descend, to appear. And Jesus answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now, hold on. Just don't read anymore and just think about that. If the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, then how are you going to see if the kingdom got here if you can't see the kingdom? But what he meant was it wasn't coming in a physical sense. 
In other words, it wasn't going to be the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven. It wasn't going to be him setting up the throne and everybody had to come to the throne. He said, no, it's not coming with observation. In other words, the way that you think it's coming. Nor will you say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. What? Think of what Jesus is saying here. He's saying you're not going to see it come and be able to go and say, see, there it is. Or see, there it is. No. He said the kingdom of God's coming, but it's already here, right? Because he said it's now. The kingdom of God's now. And he says it's within you. Amen. The kingdom's inside you. The born again believer. That's where the kingdom of God is. It's in you already. And they say, well, I don't understand. How, how is that possible? How does that work? I don't understand. If I can't see it, I can't touch it. How does it work? Well, we're going to get into that. But I just want you to understand something. You're not going to see. You can't look outwardly necessarily and see the kingdom. You've got to look inwardly and see the kingdom. But you can outwardly see the kingdom when it's operating, you will say, oh, that's God. When you see one brother loving another brother, you say, oh, that's the kingdom of God. When you see somebody sacrificially giving to somebody else, you say, yeah, there's a kingdom. It's an operation. But where's it coming from? From what's on the inside of a person. Not what a person does, not what a person makes happen, not the way a person dresses, not the church. You've got a gold star for your perfect attendance. You see, for too long, people judge Christians as those that come on Sunday to church. But I believe something's about to break loose in the world. And you're going to start being you're going to start knowing who's a Christian by being able to observe the fruit coming out of their lives. And it doesn't make any difference what they dress like. It doesn't make any difference what church they go to. It doesn't make any difference, you know, how well they can quote the scriptures and this and that. And the other is going to be that you're going to see your, the kingdom of God on the inside of you is going to bear witness to the kingdom of God that's on the inside of them. So let's go what Jesus said. Go to Matthew 13, 13, 44. So he begins to tell them. He said, let me show you what the kingdom's like. Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a, a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Now, how does that describe what the kingdom of God looks like? <laughs> you can go read the book of Revelation. You can see about, about what heaven looks like. You can, see, you can see that, you know, gates with giant pearls on it, streets paved with gold, you know, this, that, and the other, right? And you can kind of close your mind, close your eyes and kind of dream about what that might look like. Right. But Jesus said, no, the kingdom of God is like a man who found a great treasure in a field and then he put it back. And then so he went and bought the field so the treasure could be his. Let me read another one. Look at verse 45. 
And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful pearl who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Are y'all following me here? Just look at what he's saying here. A man found something that was a treasure to him and he sold everything he had and went and got it. Here, this guy found a pearl. It was a great pearl. He went to the great price. He went and sold all that he had and he got it. In other words, he found something bigger than him, something that he wanted, and he got rid of everything to take hold of that. So the kingdom of heaven he's talking about is the person who is born again, who found Jesus and said, Jesus, you're the greatest treasure in my life. And the very first thing you see starting with the kingdom is that they sell everything to get Jesus to come into their life. The world today is still debating it. The world today is still trying to get God out of everything. Still trying to get God out of schools, trying to get God out of our court systems, trying to get God out of everything, because they don't want to deal with God. Because when you deal with God, that makes you feel guilty for how you, what you're doing. If you don't have God in the situation, but then you're not convicted. And so they want God out of the picture. They want God to go away because they do not want to be convicted, right? But this person, he says, if you want to know what the kingdom's like, it's like a person who sold out everything, didn't care what anybody thought, didn't care who it associated him with. He just wanted to be a part of Jesus. Amen. He said, that's the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God looks like on the inside of you. So then when you find somebody like that, you know what? You're observing the kingdom. Hear what I'm saying? I'd rather have just a few really hungry Christians than a whole church full of just sheep. Are y'all with me? Because when I look at your faces and I, I know your stories and I, I know how much you, you have given up to serve Jesus, and I'm like looking at you and saying, man, this is a kingdom church. This is a, this is a kingdom seekers around here, man. They're, they're, they're wanting to move on and go on. Now go on. Let's look at verse 47. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a dragnet that was cast into the sea. It gathers some of every kind, which when it is full, they, they drew it to shore. They sat down and they gathered the good into the vessels, but they threw the bad away. So wait a minute. Uh-oh. Because the kingdom of heaven is available for everybody. One of the saddest things that I read in the scriptures is that there's people at the end that will go up to Jesus and said, Lord, what do you mean you shut the door? What are you talking about? We preached in the streets. We did miracles. We healed. We did all these things. And, 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 and then we're not going to get in the kingdom? What do you mean, Lord? So that's kind of scary to me because that means people, if you let me say it like this, that we're supposed to be good people doing good things. Right? And they didn't make it. <laughs> How about the ten virgins? I mean, if you want to be like a... What's the word? A, uh, I don't know what the word is. Whatever. The ten virgins, the five virgins, all they did was didn't bring enough oil. Poor little virgins didn't bring enough oil. That's the way we'd look at it. And Jesus said, I don't even know who you are. So in other words, there's a lot of people playing Christianity. There's a lot of people maybe saying they're a part of the kingdom, but we're not really going to know until Jesus shows up because in the kingdom, there's both sides, but it says, it's okay. I'm going to send my angels and they'll cast out the bad from the good. You just better make sure you're on the good side. 
You just better make sure you're seeking the kingdom. You just better make sure that you're watching and observing and seeking the kingdom, not following man and just man's rules. You better know what the rules are because you know Jesus established them. Look at Matthew 20. Matthew 20. For the kingdom of heaven, I'm in verse 1, Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning, hired laborers for his vineyard. Now, when they had agreed the laborers for for a denarius a day, he sent them to the vineyard. They went out. About the third hour, he saw others standing idle at the marketplace, and he said to them, Oh, you also go out to to, to the vineyard, and whatever is right, I'll give you. So they went. Again, he went out the sixth and the ninth hour, and they did likewise. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And he said, well, because no one hired us. And he said to them, well, you also go to the vineyard, and whatever's right, you will receive. So when the evening would come, the owner of the vineyard said to his his stewards, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. And when these these came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received such as the denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, well, wait a minute, hold on here, buddy. That ain't fair. No, I put that in there. (laughs) These last men have worked all only one hour and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat all day. And he answered and said unto them, friend, why do you think I'm wrong? Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what's yours and go your way. I wish to give to the last man the same as the first. It's lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things. Or is it your eye evil because I'm good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Or there are many who call, but few are chosen. Wow, what a story here. But is it not typical of humanity when they see the guy that only worked an hour, got the same wage as him, humanity says, well, I'm going to get more. Is that not typical of humanity? A stupid sheep. Well, I've been a Christian forever. Well, it doesn't really make any difference to the Christian who just got saved. It doesn't make any difference. It's like the proverb that says, uh, a young man's glory is his strength, and an old man's glory is his gray hair. And I read that every time I say, bull. (laughs) I want strength. But this scripture here, in other words, Jesus is saying, look, the kingdom of God comes. It doesn't come like you think it comes. Is what I'm trying. This is the whole point I'm trying to make to you right now and just get across to you. You've got to get out of your head that the kingdom of God has to exist like this. And these are going to boom, 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 boom. No, the kingdom of God is what's on the inside of you, what God is doing and growing on the inside of you that then grows and manifests and comes out to the world. That's truly what the kingdom of God is. And you can't see it with observation, and you can't lay down rules. Because when you lay down rules, then man just follows the rules and assumes they're right with God. But you can't do it that way because it's not a serving of God from rules. It's serving God from the heart. Y'all are all looking at me so strange all of a sudden. Why? It's not even close to lunch. See, folks, we're going to have to come down because right now, over the face of the earth, listen to me, you can't imagine the, the barrage of lies that's coming upon the American people. I'm telling you, 
It is so crazy. It is so set up. But there's also lies being told to churches this morning by pastors who are not of God, following the kingdom of God, who are leading people astray. And it's up to us to be the army of God who will rise up and say, look, that's not the kingdom of God. Don't go that direction. Don't follow that. That is not going to bear fruit in your life because you know what truly is God's kingdom and what it's supposed to be producing. And if we don't really get it down, settled within our hearts, the Bible says even the elect could be deceived in the last days, and we've not seen the worst that's to come. I'm telling you, you got to be on your toes. Oh, man, you got to be on your toes nowadays. You've got to be on your toes. For instance, let's just give you a for instance. I read read an article, and it said that in 1968, in America, the chronic uh, disease amongst all the people, so it didn't say what specifically the chronic diseases were. It just said chronic disease, so I'm going to say it's heart disease and cancer and, you know, things like this. Chronic diseases in 1968 was 6% of the population. You know what it is today? Chronic disease in America today, 54%. So all I'm saying to you is, <sighs> we ain't going the right direction. From just that observation, we are not going the right direction. If 54% of the people have chronic disease in America today, and in 1968 they only had six from 68 till now, we've been going the wrong direction. But I didn't, I didn't see that on the news. You know, matter of fact, it's deceiving how many health food foods are out there that if you go get it and read the label on the health food, there ain't no health in that food. But they've labeled it as health food. I mean, they pile up full of sugar and put caffeine in it, and you feel better, and you say, man, that stuff really works. I feel great. Ate that health bar. I feel healthier already. That's not right. It just stirred a little bit of you to make you get some energy and run out there like a crazy man. You felt great. Didn't do nothing. My point is, folks, the same thing is being done in religion. Cheap grace being taught. Oh, just come on. Yeah, it's okay. It's no big deal. Oh, seeker-friendly churches, people that are just not wanting to say anything, not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to say anything against the direction we're going, not wanting to have somebody come into your church and preach about not eating sugar. Are y'all with me? And so we got to be sharp to know what is the kingdom of God and what is not. Now, let me read another one to you. Matthew 13, 24. It says, Another parable he put forth to them, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while he slept, his enemy came and he sowed tares among the wheat and he went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared so that a servant of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow tares? So did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? he said, well, an enemy's done this. 
And the servant said to him, do you want us to go and to gather them up? And he said, no, at least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both of them grow until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and then gather the wheat into my barn. Whoa. So what I'm saying to you is I'm trying to root out all tares in your life. Things that may have been sown in you that are not the truth. Things that you've established and said, well, that's the kingdom of God. That's the way you got to do it. No, no, that's the kingdom of God. But that's not the kingdom of God. That's man's ways of teaching you. So one more scripture. Mark 3, 24. Mark 3, 24. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Anything that you have in your life that's contrary to the true kingdom of God, it's causing division in your life. And if it's causing division in your life, it's going to cause you to be unstable and not able to stand well. Because you're going to be judging all the time what's right and what's wrong. You're going to be looking back and forth, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be two forces pulling against you in life. And if those two forces are pulling against you in life, your kingdom gets divided, and that kingdom can't stand. Hello? So, I'm just going gonna, gonna to give you the very first one, and then I'm going to stop. I'm going to give you the very first thing you've got to do in order to be getting on the proper path to seeking the kingdom. The very first thing you've got to do. And you're going to say, oh, Robert. Pastor, 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 you say the same thing all the time, over and over and over again. And I do. Either the Bible's true or none of it's true. Now, first thing you have to do, I want to I say this, and I, 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 y'all just can take it. I'm not going to get into it. You need to go listen to uh, Dr. Ondervik teach in Sunday school sometimes when he's talking about creation and everything, because he's a lot more versed in this, and he talks bigger language than I do. But I cut it down simple. You can't, in life, be a part evolutionist and part creationist. Either God created this world or he didn't. Now, just listen to me. I'm going to say something that's going to shake you. You need to go look at creation theology. And some of it gets into crazy stuff, and I'm talking about the basics. How old is the earth? Is it 4 billion years old or is it six to 10,000 years old? I remember as a child growing up, I remember a book. I mean, I'm going to guess it was a science book or something that we had. And I remember flopping the page open, and I remember there was this blob, picture of a blob, and then, it, and then the blob got bigger, and then it moved up, and then finally it became a monkey, and then it began to evolve and began to evolve, and then finally it was a man. And that was like, is in my science book as a kid. And I remember looking at that thing and thinking, what? I didn't give it a lot of thought, but I'm talking about, I mean, we're talking about in the 70s, I was a kid. Hello? And this thing was already in there. Forever, the, the, the world, the scientists have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed a theology to us, trying to get us 
uprooted. And the, the simplicity of it is, is because if you don't believe God in God and in the Bible, then they remain as the elitist and on top. But what it does is it takes you out and it divides your kingdom in believing that God is real and the Bible is true. This is a quote from Sir Fred Hoyle. He's a professor of astronomy at Cambridge University. This is what he said. And, and, and I think this says it all. Because if you go study evolution and you go look at all of this stuff, then you find that, that you have to have more faith to believe in the theory of evolution than you do to have to believe in that there's a God that created it all. That there was just two worlds and there's worlds flying around and they just crashed into each other and there's a big explosion and then out of that chaos came this one-celled plankton that crawled up out of the earth and everything just happened to be right and the temperature was right and the, everything was right for all of this to happen and it just began to grow and it began to develop and it began to come into... You know? It's a mirror. That would be more of a miracle than there was a God who created the heavens and the earth. But this is what he said. The odds of higher forms of life evolving by chance are about the same as if a tornado swept through a junkyard and assembled a Boeing 747 from the materials therein. And when I read that, I just laughed. I said, that's about as simple as it gets to trying to explain the theory of evolution and how this all would have miraculously had to work out for this to happen. But what I'm saying to you is I'm telling you that. And, and, and I mean, I'm going against the whole world by this simple, this simple little meal. I'm literally... I'm literally going against the whole world. There's, there's people, of course, they don't watch the video, but there are people that would just gasp and run crazy. Oh, my God, he's crazy. How could you say something like that, especially like that in church? And you know, Right? I have friends that have been to college and studied, you know, to become biologists and things like that. And they will look at me and say, Robert, what are you talking about? Evolution is, you know, I don't know how this all fits together, but evolution is true. And, and, and I also, how do you know that? Well, you know, we were taught this in college. Exactly. Exactly. And you're just a Bible-believing fanatic. I am. But I want to seek the kingdom of God. I want God in my life. I want the kingdom of God function. If Jesus told me the kingdom is here, then why do I want to believe in anything else? Because I want the kingdom in my life. Because he said, if you seek the kingdom of God, everything else gets added to you. He said, the person that seeks the kingdom of God is happy and blessed. And so my point is, if your kingdom is divided and you've got one foot over here in the world saying, well, I know, you know, this, this. And then you've got this one over here in the other part of the world saying this. Your kingdom is going to be torn and you're going to be divided because you're not sold out 100% that the good old Bible is right. So it's going to cause you to have doubt and unbelief in your life. You're always going to have this root basis of doubt and unbelief in your life. I have this other statement here. From the same guy, he said this. Evolutionists attempt to overcome the odds by involving such things as 
just listen to the way this is called, the wand of evolution. I'd have come up with a better word than that. Is a, these magical formulas consist of three beliefs. The belief, the first one is the belief that life began from random mixtures of chemicals without any help from an outside intelligence. Number two, the belief that random mutations were able to produce small beneficial changes, which over millions of years created very innovative and complex structures, such as arms, legs, hands, toes, eyes, ears, wings, and feathers, not to mention the multitudes of complex internal organs, such as the heart and the lungs, and the male and the female reproductive organs. The third one is the belief that Earth is extremely old. If they don't have those three beliefs, then their formula, they can't even make it work out, but they have to have these three beliefs called the magical wand in order for them to believe it. My point is this, church. There is, I'm sitting here telling y'all today about the kingdom of God you can't observe. If it was like this blanket, here it is. Here's the kingdom. Take a piece of the kingdom. Everybody say, oh, okay, I'll take that kingdom. But when I say to you, the kingdom of God is within you, which is what Jesus said, and the kingdom of God wants to work in you and grow in you and develop in you and, bl and, and bless you and, and, and bring and multiply in you, everybody's like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of, oh, but we got people out there believing this garbage and teaching our children for years and years and years and saying this is what's right. When you go to look at it, you're like, what? You're going to tell me everything just bumped into each other and all this thing that existed, it just came and everything just happened to be perfect. Enough of us have been around for long enough to know that nothing ever happens by chance. Hello? Oh, I was just out in my garage and I spilled some paint and it all fell together and I come up and look, boom, there's a sculpture. <laughs> no, you have a mess and it ruined everything it touched. Hello? My point is, church, you're being bombarded all the time with all the things that are doubt and unbelief to the word of God. You're being bombarded, bombarded, bombarded. Your kids are being taught. Your, all these things are going on. It's going in. It's bombarding you. It's bombarding you. Bombarding. It's causing your kingdom to be divided. And if your kingdom is divided, it cannot stand. And you're never going to really walk in the kingdom of God and seeking the kingdom. If you've got this division, you're going to be one foot in, one foot out. And I believe God is shaking the world right now to say, are you going to believe God's rule or not? I mean, this morning, the headlines, the news, oh, new variant out. Oh, new ones come out. Uh, we don't believe the other vaccine worked, but we're going to another one pumped out. And I think all of y'all are idiots. I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. But they keep saying this. No, no, I'm the scientist. You be quiet. You sit down over there. You don't know nothing. And I'm like, I think you're stupid. Right. I've about had enough of this. There ain't no rationale in anything you're doing. So my point is, if we don't stop it and we don't stand up and say, no, 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 I just want to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let all the rest be added to me. This is what I want. Pastor, help me get on the right track. I just want the kingdom of God. Well, if you get that away, folks, and I want to tell you something, I believe then the rest is going to fluff off. It's going to, you know, it's maybe like an old deer that hits you from the side. It may leave a dent, but it'll fall off. It won't tear up much. Hello? Now, I've got more things to go here, but I'm not going to get into it of the next 
step to the next step to the next step to the next step about the kingdom of God to help you. But for today, I think I probably stretched your brain enough. So put your Bibles up. Stand up. Look at the person beside you and say, I want the kingdom of God. If, if you're on the prayer team today, uh, can you come down up front and be here? Um, church, listen to me. I know I may have said some things that shocked you, and, but I hope, I hope you got challenged. I pray everybody out there listening and watching you got challenged. It, it, you, there's some things that you just have to, in this day and time, get straight. You do not want to be one of the ten virgins who didn't bring enough oil. You do not want to be the tares sown in the midst of the wheat. You want to be the child of God seeking the kingdom of God. So listen to me, church. Go research this. Take the scriptures. Go look at it. Go listen to this message again. Start praying. Start asking God, Lord, I want to seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? How does, I, how does that work? We're going to get into it more next Sunday. We're going to be going over more of it. But I'm just telling you, this is where you need to be right now because it's going to set you free. Amen? Amen. So I want to pray for you. If you need prayer, if you're out there listening or watching and came and just happened to come across this broadcast today, listen, Jesus is the answer. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, now is the time to ask him to come into your life. Now is the time to stop and find out what the kingdom of God is all about. And all you have to do is cry out and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And he'll touch you right there where you are because the kingdom of God is everywhere. And so if you're in here today and you're not sure if you're right with God, well, we have prayer team people up here to pray with you. If you're here today and you just need some extra prayer, that's what they're here for. And so as I close and bless you, if you need the prayer, here they are up front. But Father, I just declare we're each and every person today. I declare that we are going to be seeking the kingdom. We are kingdom seekers. We are going to be looking for you. We are going to get this down. We're going to understand it. We're going to understand the kingdom of God on the inside of us. And Lord, I just pray today that you bless the people. You bless these, these ones that are here. As we go out into the world, Lord God, help us to be people who will deliver those who are headed down the wrong path and be able to see the light and be able to see you, God, and get on the right path. Lord, we want to be seekers of the kingdom. So I pray this whole week that you just open revelations to each and every one. You open up their minds everywhere they see it in the scriptures. It just leaps off the pages to them. And Lord, I praise you for that. Lord, more than anything in this world, we want to know you. We want to walk with you. And so bless them, Lord God, as we go. Bless their week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church.